0: Amen. I don't know how many of you here have met with Jesus in a way that changed your life. Amen. I was thinking of a time when I was, um, I was 19. It was the day before I went to Bible college and the day after I met uh, a very special lady uh, who I'm still married to all these years later. All these years later. I sound like an old man saying that. So like eight years. All these years, like it's eight years. But um But the night before I went to a Reinhard Bonnke event, it was actually Daniel Kalender speaking there, sharing about how at that point they'd led 75 uh, million people to the Lord. We'll sort the sound out. Don't worry about that. Um, 75 million people to the Lord at that point. And I went now for prayer. And before I even got to the front, God hit me. I say hit me. I felt the presence of God so strong that it's not like other times i'm like oh god you know it's just so wonderful it was like the fear of god amen and i went to bible college with that the fear of god you know, respecting god like not messing around not playing games when i went to bible college other people play games they play games with the word they, they play games with sin and i really tried my best to always stay close to the holy spirit and stay true to what i knew that the holy spirit is powerful he is alive He's with us. He's working through us. Let's not scrub it. Let's not scrap it. Let's acknowledge it. And who's enjoyed this afternoon already? What the Spirit of God was doing? It was just so wonderful. Jesus, in the Gospel of Luke in particular, is presented as the one who will baptize us in the Holy Spirit. And we as Christians, as followers of God, we can experience greater levels of God's power. We can experience more of the Holy Spirit. And as we go through the Word today, I'll show you why we really need to for for every area of our lives. You know, our body, who we are, our mind, was not meant just for us. It was meant for Him. And when Jesus came into the world, He didn't just come to save us. He came to fill us with the Spirit as well. He said in Luke that, "I, I came to start a fire on the earth. I came to start a fire on the earth, and oh, how I wish it was already kindled. Amen. So now we live in that time where the the fire of God, the Spirit of God, is available to us. The Father sent Jesus into the world. When Jesus ascended, he sent the Spirit. But the role of the Holy Spirit is to point us back to Jesus. In John 16, it's our first scripture. All the scriptures are going to come on the screen today. John 16 from verse 13 it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he, not it, he, will guide you into all truth. But he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. and Therefore, I said, to you, uh, said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus, right now, he is in heaven. He is on the throne. He's worshipped forever. And when we talk about meet Jesus, well, how can you meet Jesus? Like, how do you encounter him? Because he's given us the spirit. The spirit is the channel. The spirit is the way to him. Jesus gives the spirit and the spirit is down here on the earth with us and connects us to Jesus. So Jesus says, I'll come to you. I won't leave you as orphans. Well, how does he do that? By the spirit. Amen. And he doesn't just come and, and make us feel nice and give us comfort time to time. It's just way more than that, way, way more. And the more we learn, the more we grow, the more exciting it is. Amen. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. You see, some people can tell me, when I talk about being filled with the Spirit and baptized with the Spirit, some people can say, you know, well, back in 1995, I had this conversation with someone a little while ago. I spoke in tongues and God filled me with the Spirit. But you see, being filled with the Spirit isn't just a one-time event. It's a lifestyle. To be filled with the Spirit means to be influenced by the Spirit. Now, I'm not going to ask who's ever drank alcohol. I'm not going to put anyone on the spot. But if you've ever seen anyone who's drank, drank alcohol, okay? if anyone's seen anyone, hear the emphasis there. They talk a bit different, they walk a bit different, and they even think a bit different. right? And they do things that they wouldn't normally do. Now, the Holy Spirit is like that but when you're filled with Him, you're the most sober you've ever been, Amen. Because you're thinking the right way, you're talking the right way, and you're walking the right way. In fact, you're walking how you're meant to live. You've been redeemed from the power of sin, and now you're walking in the power of the Spirit. So you're no longer walking in the flesh; you're walking in the Spirit. And there's something about that, and we need to ke- we need to get that. So being filled, just like being filled with alcohol, okay is being influenced, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Ephesians 5.18, it will come behind me, uh, it says, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So don't be under the influence of this kind of Spirit, be influenced by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And just to go back one slide, Joe, um, it's Luke chapter 1 from verse 15. This is when the angel Gabriel comes to Zachariah, who'd become the father of John, or John the Baptist when he grew up. And he said, he must not drink wine or strong drink. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So this was the angel Gabriel's prophecy to Zachariah, the, far, the father of John, saying that he will be filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Now, you've got to understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't exactly the same thing as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. They're very similar and they're, very, they're in the same area, but they're not the same. Why? Because John was, was filled with the Holy Spirit from birth. Uh, when you read Luke chapter 1 and 2, you see that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was filled with the Spirit and, of course, was indwelt with Jesus physically. Picture of us being born again, by the way. Jesus coming into our body, our being. That's what happens when we're born again. And there were other people like Anna, the prophet, Simeon, the prophet, all moved by the Holy Spirit, were filled with the Holy Spirit. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. And we know that because in Luke chapter 3, it's the next scripture. It'll be a couple along. It says, as the people are in expectation... Now, that's a hard verse to interpret. It's a hard verse to understand sometimes because you think, what is he talking about? But John was saying that Jesus is coming. He will, in the future, so he's been filled his whole life with the Holy Spirit. He's saying, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And in this life, if you are redeemed by God, if you're born again, if if you've been forgiven by him, when you receive the Spirit, you're not destroyed. But your sin is. Amen? Your demons are. And of course, the, uh, the, the, at the end of all things, the judgment, of course, people who have not given their lives to Jesus are going to experience God's fire, God's judgment, without the protection. And I don't want that on anyone. And God does not want that on anyone. But everything's going to be tested by fire, the Bible says. But in this life, if we are with him, he tests us and refines us to not only to not be burnt by him, but to be to burn for him. Amen. And that's why um, the fire of God, when it says "and fire," that particular part of the, the verse is about judgment. Because sometimes you hear people in the church saying, "Well, you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but have you received the fire?" And you think, "Well, when you've received the baptism of the Spirit, you have received the fire." So, so you, you can't you yeah you can't push it on the verse and say, well, I've had this bit, but have you had this bit? And it's a little bit of a, a bad teaching that's going on in the church at the moment. So I just want to kind of bring some correction there. Not this church, just the church in general. And um, us being filled with the Spirit is, is connected to our identity as sons of God. When it says sons in the Bible, it doesn't just mean male children. It means heirs, right? Heirs, inheritors. So that includes men and women. And uh, in Luke chapter three, when Jesus is baptized, it says, and when Jesus uh, had also been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven. This is the father. A voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. So Jesus is baptized in water. He's not being forgiven of sins, but he's Identifying with us in our baptism. And it's also baptism symbolizes being filled with the Spirit as well. Okay. And the Spirit descends and the Father speaks as well. So you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit present in that moment, the Trinity. And he says, You're my beloved Son. And from there, Jesus, his identity has been known to the world. It was somewhat secretive before that time. But now it's like almost like God couldn't wait to just tear back the heavens and say, this is my beloved son. And then he goes into hiding and he goes into testing for 40 days in the wilderness. And what does the devil do when he's testing Jesus in the wilderness? He comes after his identity. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are. See, so he's questioning if. Do you mean if he is the son of God? He is the son of God and he knows it, but he's trying to weaken him in his identity, and it's, it's the same with us, you know, if, if the devil can weaken you in your identity as a child of God, you will never flow in the power of the Spirit, amen, because Jesus was filled with the Spirit, but when he left the wilderness, he left in the power, amen, so you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you, in your life as a Spirit-filled Christian, you get tested, 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 right, and as a result, and if you hold fast to your identity, you'll flow in the power, But what happens is some people get tested and tempted, and the power is diminished because they lost the sense of identity. Am I making any sense? When I was uh, in the park last year, I always talk about when I I love to just speak with people and pray with people in the park. And there was a man there in the park. He's from Cape Verde in Africa. And uh, I went over to him, and he he had a stroke, so half his body was kind of paralyzed. He was walking along. And I started sharing the gospel with him and I started sharing how I I believe God can heal him. But a woman came along, very unusual, and started to give me grief, (laughs) put it simply. He said, where are you Christians on the hospital wards? I'm a COVID nurse and you're never there. And it was all accusation, accusation. I'm thinking, like, bless her, like trying to be nice to her and think about him because he needs to hear the gospel. And it was, it was a weird situation because there's been many times when I, I, I share the gospel with people. I see people healed and so on. And I'm thinking, this is, this is what's going to happen. And, she, and this lady comes along, and I'm being very nice with her, very polite. And then I went, went away feeling a little bit guilty and a little bit like, what was that about? right? Where are you? What are you doing? Why can't you heal everyone? right? And I was like, what is that, Lord? And so I it's said, just, it's just the devil in that woman trying to stop you, bring accusation, you know, and um, you have to be discerning, you know, because when the spirit of God is at work, the enemy tries to stop it every time. And uh, you see that, in fact, when Jesus returned in the power of the spirit, he um, he was preaching, he preached the, the messianic mandate, I shared that in the first week, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then as he's sharing this message in different synagogues, demons start coming out of people. Demons start coming out of people and start saying, ha ha, what have you come to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? This is Luke 4 as well. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, you're the Holy One of God. And these demons start... They start speaking out, they start trying to disrupt things in the synagogue when Jesus is teaching, right? But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, right? So the Spirit of God brings freedom. And where there's people who are oppressed by devils, and that is real, I'm not going to apologize for that. In fact, most of you were here last week, and we prayed for a young lady who's 27 years old, and we prayed for her. we not we? A whole hour ministering to her in the, in the power of the Spirit and casting out a demon. Now, I've never been involved in anything like that to that level. It was a little bit, I'm sorry I'm talking about someone's daughter here, but yeah, but hey, she needed it, right? And, um, and, and bless her, we still pray for her and think about it. It was a, a strange situation to be in, but it's not strange in terms of the Bible. I mean, one third of Jesus' ministry was exercising demons but we rarely talk about it because we don't want to. In fact, the devil doesn't want us to talk about it. Because if we do and we press on with it, he's finished. He's toast. So I'm going to talk about it. Is that all right? Don't talk about it. Don't emphasize it too much. I'm not emphasizing it too much. I'm putting it in its rightful place because when the spirit is here, when the, where the spirit is the Lord is his freedom. So by default, anything of oppression and darkness needs to go. Simple as. Amen. You know, my wife was sharing her testimony of how she really struggled with anxiety, and there was a time she got prayed for on a on a Zoom call uh, last year, and she felt something lift. Now, what left? He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And a sound mind, right? Some of you feel like you're losing your mind. Listen, God wants to give you a sound mind. He will help you by the Holy Spirit. The enemy wants to... Look, your your mind, your thinking, it was made for God, for the glory and purposes of God, and for the good of others. And the enemy wants to mess with that. No, no. God has given you something wonderful by His Spirit. Amen. In fact, I want to talk to you a little bit, just a little bit more about demons and and deliverance, because Jesus did. You see, when... The spirits manifest, okay? Like last Sunday, we prayed for the lady, okay? And then she started talking, didn't she? Right? But it wasn't her talking, it was something else. Now, you might say, that's weird, that's not a good thing. Can I tell you something? It's actually a very good thing. You know why? Because that thing has been there all life. Doing what it's doing And then it came to the surface. Has anyone ever seen those submarine films? Submarine gets hit. What happens? The submarine has to come up. And when it's at the top on the surface, it's very vulnerable to aerial attack. That's the same with the demonic. The spirit goes, no, no, there you are. Right? And then attack. And happy days, it's gone. Right? So Jesus talked about this. This is not me just... This theorizing this, this is, this is Bible. And I know it's, we don't always talk about this in church, but it's the word of God and I have to preach it. So Jesus said this, Luke 11, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So, so when the spirit is moving and making the kingdom, the dominion of Jesus in people's hearts, when he's moving in people's hearts, right? The kingdom advances one soul at a time, a great preacher said. He's moving. Other things need to move out. Squatters. And this is what Jesus talks about. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger, someone say stronger, stronger than he, atta- than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor and he's trusted and divides. Provided spoils, I can't read it here. It's a bit funny. But whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So Jesus says this. Picture this. There's a man guarding his palace, right, with armor on. And then someone turns up at that house and says, I'm going to take this house, and you can't live here anymore. That's what Jesus is saying here, right? So he goes, but this is the next thing that Jesus says. You can't, they're connected, so don't miss the connection. Right, so he interprets what he's talking about. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places seeking rest, and finding none, it says, I will return to my house from which I came, and when it comes, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the person is worse than the first. And you think, well, what's the point of driving out a demon if they're going to be worse in the end? Think about what Jesus is saying. This is in Luke 11, right? What does Jesus talk about in Luke 11? Ask, seek, knock, and you will receive. How much more will he give the Holy Spirit to those he who ask of him, right? Um, that is what's just before And then he goes on to talk about there's someone living in the house. They get kicked out, but the person who got kicked out comes back to the house, looks through the window, and says, there's no one in there, boys. Let's move in with seven of his mates. Think about what God's saying. You've got to ask for the Spirit, and God's going to deal with demonic stuff like he did last week and like he does every day all over the world. So it's not that unusual. And he looks through the window and goes, that person who kicked me out isn't in the house. That's what Jesus is saying. So the danger is that people get delivered, but they don't get filled with the Spirit. And, other, and they move back in. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? And that's what Jesus is saying. So for, for Lauren last week, we had to pray, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And she wasn't able to speak for a whole hour because the demon was speaking. But when we let, put oil on her and said, receive the Holy Spirit, she said, I receive in Jesus' name. That's the first time she spoke in a whole hour because the anointing breaks the yoke, amen, and set her free. And the Spirit of God came in, and we believe that God, the Spirit of God is going to continue to come in. And as, and as for you as well, you know, if the Spirit of God is in you, something else can't live there. The flesh, it can't live there. Ryan Albonke uh, talked about how uh, flies like to land on the stove when it's off, but they can't land on the stove when it's on. Anyone got flies that land on the stove? It's so annoying. You're like, get off. But if the fire is on, if you're on fire for God, those flies ain't coming nowhere near near you. Amen? And this is the thing I really want to emphasize. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, and I know I've talked about demons a little bit this week, but when we talk about the Holy Spirit, who is God, who is the person of the Holy Spirit, when he comes, like Jesus said, we get a little bit scared about it sometimes. And there's a lot of denominations, actually, Christian denominations that believe the Holy Spirit, he doesn't do any of these things anymore. And I think a lot of it's birthed out of fear, a lot of, oh, I don't want to be associated with people who believe that kind of thing, you know? But Jesus said you, can't, you shouldn't be afraid to ask the Holy Spirit. But you shouldn't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. You should be afraid not to have the Holy Spirit in your life because something else can try and mess with you. But I want to go back to Luke 11. So this is just before when Jesus talks about the demons and the stronger man, the stronger man being the Holy Spirit, of course. Luke 11, verse 9, reading from there, says, And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if he asks for a fish, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying this, if you ask the Father in my name for the Holy Spirit, and you open yourself up spiritually to him, Jesus promises that nothing else will come in. Snakes and scorpions are symbolic of demons in the Bible. Think about Mark 16 is there. So if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, people say, that filled with the Holy Spirit stuff, that's demonic. Be careful what you're saying. People, I'm not saying you people believe this, denominations believe this, and it's wrong. But if you ask the Father through Jesus to give you the Holy Spirit, and you were, oh, what's that going to be like? Am I open myself? You're opening yourself up to the right thing. Amen. And who here can say that the Holy Spirit is good? Amen. And nothing else is going to come in. You're going to be protected from anything coming in. And in fact, you're going to be delivered as well from yourself, from demons, and from anything this world has to offer. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Amen. Why is the Holy Spirit here? Well, I shared it at the start. He's here to point people to Jesus. And what the Holy Spirit does He doesn't do independent of us. He always does it in partnership with us. We're called co-laborers in the Bible. That means we labor with him. God is working, but we are working with him in his work. So if the spirit of God is here and his purpose is to lead people back to Jesus, then you being influenced and filled with the spirit will be in the flow of his mission and do what the spirit is doing. Amen. That's why we can't make God fit into our plans and programs. I was talking with Malcolm about this in the break. We fit into his plan. Amen. You know, it's not like we have a mission and a strategy and we're trying to get God to bless it. God has a vision and a strategy, and we're just trying to find out what it is and make sure that what we're doing is in line with it. Amen. So if it's not saving souls, and if it's not seeing God's freedom manifest, and if it's just a country club, a social club, church, or social action church, and it's just that, and it's not the ministry of Jesus, missed it. Let's not miss it, because it is very easy too, very easy. And so I want us to pray now. I want us to, if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you want to give your life to Jesus afresh, if you're saying, you know what, I just don't even think I'm a Christian. I just know Jesus isn't in my heart. Today is the day for you to say, I want Jesus to come in and he will come in and he will not only come in, he'll forgive you and he will fill you as well and empower you to live a holy and powerful life for him. But you need to repent, you need to turn from your sin and you need to, even now, right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you saying, you need to repent of this, you need to say sorry for this. And you need to give it to Jesus and say, I follow you now, Jesus, I trust you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Give me your Holy Spirit. Should we just pray? In fact, should we stand all together if you're able to? And uh, what we're going to do with the songs that we didn't play earlier, we're going to play those in the background, if that's okay, Joe. And we're going to have a time of ministry. we're We're going to let the Holy Spirit be present and let him do what he wants to do. Amen. So, we'll just open up our hearts to you before we play those songs. So we just open up our hearts to you, Lord. If you, need to, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just, say, just do it now. Say, Lord, forgive me. Even if you've been backslidden and you've not been living for him, just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord. I come back to you now. You just talk to him. You just make your peace with him. He died on the cross and rose on the third day that you would be forgiven. Believe it. And receive it. The blood of Jesus washes you. His forgiveness washes you. And it's the only way to heaven is to be cleansed by him. Not your works, not your ways, but the Spirit of God making what is with Jesus and taking it to you and forgiving you. The forgiveness of Jesus comes to you through the Holy Spirit. The salvation of Jesus comes to you through the Holy Spirit. But look to Jesus and say, I'm sorry. Thank you for dying on the cross with me. Thank you for paying the price for me. I repent. I turn from my sins and I turn to you and I choose to live for you. You've got to pray a prayer like that in your heart and you've got you to stick with him. But the amazing thing is he sticks closer than a brother. And he won't leave you. So let's just open up our hearts to God right now. We've talked about the Holy Spirit but he is more than able to show himself to you and show Jesus to you.